Welcome to the Broncos Avenue podcast. This is Amir from Broncos Avenue on Instagram. I'm joined by my friend here today, Trayton. What's going on with you today, man? Life training, you all right? Yeah, I, you know, can't complain. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Broncos news of the past week, uh, ever since our third episode there uh, with the Sean Williams interview. If you want to go check that out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, we have that interview up with defensive lineman from the Denver Broncos. We wanted to cover some news over the last few weeks. Uh, after the last week since then, uh, Kareem Jackson re-signing with the Broncos on a one-year deal worth up to $5 million. And we have a workout with tight end uh, Kyle Rudolph, who was re- who recently signed with the New York Giants. And he was released. Now he's a free agent. We brought him in for a workout. But actually, first, I wanted to address um, some tragic news. The, uh, I believe it was two days ago. Um, on some unfortunate news that quarterback Dwayne Haskins, Pittsburgh quarterback, um, passed away. Uh, very, very tragic news. I remember waking up just two days ago here and I mean, it's, you know, you hear these things, you know, we had our, the, the Mary's Thomas news and just, that's the first thing I saw on my phone waking up that morning, to be completely honest. You know, I get up, it's like 11 o'clock. I see that news. It's it's sad, man, because, like, I was really paying attention to Ohio State over those, you know, those years was Justin Fields, Dwayne Haskins, you know. Now they got C.J. Stroud running the show. But, man, it's it's really unfortunate news. He was a – you could tell he was a really good guy. He was just, like – it felt so similar because, like, after the Marius Thomas news, you just, like, went on Twitter and saw, like, all these good things about, like – him being such a nice person and him having that workout in South Florida with Najee Harris. Uh, you saw the, the, his, one of his last stories, he was just, he was just like such a genuinely like cool, chill, nice, like caring guy, just the way you saw him like posting that uh, on a story with Najee Harris. And then um, the Chase Claypool uh, video that he posted on his Twitter, you know, it's, it's really upsetting just to see that. It's heartbreaking. You know, my prayers go out to his family. Yeah, man, you hate you always hate to see someone with so much potential and someone that was such a such a meaningful human to so many people. You always hate to see him go so early, but, you know, his impact and his legacy on the people that he touched will, will always be remembered, you know, and – uh he, Ohio State legend, that's for sure. Um, and you know, I, I was really looking forward to seeing what he could do, what he could do with Pittsburgh. You know, that was a, uh, I thought that was a pretty great opportunity for him. But you, you know, you just hate to see, hate to see a life taken at such a at such an early age, and such a meaningful, just being such a meaningful person to so many people around him, having such a great impact on the locker room that he was in. So. Yeah, hate to see it. <laughs> yeah, he only twenty four years twenty four years young. I mean, just taking the football aspect out of it, we're not gonna try and be Adam Schaff, Adam Schefter here because he's just an idiot. But um, Dwayne Haskins, you can't deny that he was a really good person, and for him to you know be taken at such a young age, you know, um, rest in peace to him. Prayers to his family. Uh, both Trayton and I sent our condolences his way and his family's way. So moving on from that, we would like to jump into some Broncos news. So the Kareem Jackson resigning a little over like four days ago, I believe four, maybe five days ago, we got the news 
that Kareem Jackson is, I think it was, it was around like nighttime. We get the news that Kareem Jackson's returning on a one-year deal worth up to $5 million. And there's some controversy over which position he's actually going to be returning um, at on that Broncos uh, defense. We'll touch on that a little bit more later as we're going to be breaking down um, new, def- new Broncos defensive coordinator, Ajiro Rivero's defense, his whole defensive scheme. But um, what were your initial thoughts on that resigning? Were you kind of thinking like, all right, I was really hoping for this to happen or, you know, I wish we would have looked to the draft or possibly looked at, you know, someone else, potentially uh, Tyron Matthew? You know, I, you know, I think it's a I think it's a great signing, especially from a value standpoint. Uh, and I think I think this is a pretty great move also in terms of the development of Caden Stearns. Um, and I, I know a lot of the arguments and controversy going on out there is like it's kind of based on the readiness of Caden Stearns because a lot of people want to see him slide into that second safety spot yeah. um, this season. And then a lot of people think he's not ready. Um, you know, and I, I think this signing gives us because Caden Stearns being on a rookie deal and then um, K-Jack being I, I think this is a, a great, a great deal of value from the value perspective. Um I mean, they're both on relatively cheap deals, and I, I think you're pretty uh, – fle- this this deal gives us a lot of flexibility um, just depending on the – on how K- on how Caden Stearns looks and how ready he really is. Um, and, and I also think I, I K-Jack and Caden Stearns are pretty different safeties, and I think they do a lot of different things well. So uh, I, I think having all three, uh, Stearns, Simmons, and K-Jack, I think this will – give us a lot of versatility and flexibility and allows us to run a lot of different packages with the safety and the secondary as a whole, um, bringing all three back. So I, I personally love the move. Yeah. I think that's a great point you make there. I love what you say, you know, it gives us more flexibility to, you know, give different defensive sets, you know, it gives Avero, you know, more of an opportunity to do what he wants in that secondary, not necessarily rely on one safety over, you know, let's say a different safety that doesn't have the same experience. So to get K uh, Jack back on a deal with that kind of value, I mean, you're not going to get that for, from any other player at that cheap of a price. And, you know, so to get someone like him at that age who has that experience, you're not going to get that through the draft. Tyron Matthew was going to, you know, ask for a huge contract. Um, and so, so to bring K-Jack back on that price, you know, with what we're trying to do defensively, um, I, I think it was a huge steal. And I we talked about this in previous episodes. Like, to me, bringing back K-Jack was a, a no-brainer. You know, we'll touch later. We'll touch on it later with the whole Caden Stern situation. But um, obviously, he doesn't. He lacks the experience that K-Jack has. He lacks the leadership that K-Jack has. And I'm not bashing him in any way, but he lacks the talent that K-Jack has. And, you know, there's there's different things that K-Jack has above him. And for us to get him that cheap, it's it was an absolute no-brainer. So we also have the news that came out from Mike Kliss that uh, veteran tight end Kyle Rudolph from the New York Giants uh, was brought in on a workout um, a few days ago. And we kind of touched on this in earlier episodes, you know, with available free agents that the Broncos could pursue. And sure enough, the Broncos did call uh, Kyle Rudolph in for a workout. He completed the workout. Um, So I'm not sure that progress, how it's going there, if they're planning on signing him, if they're getting a physical in, what's going on there. But, 
he's someone he's someone to keep an eye on uh, just for now is like you know veteran depth at that tight end position uh, to potentially mentor Albert Okwave and I'm, I know we talked about that it would be it is very beneficial for every position regardless of where you're playing at to have a veteran there I mean besides like punter and kicker but to have a veteran there to you know be a good sounding board and to teach you just little things that'll help you improve your game that that signing obviously giants fans have their own opinion about kyle rudolph but just for a veteran presence and if we can get him on a really cheap deal i mean i say why not we he could at least mentor albert okwebenam for camp and then see where we can go from there but and also more news um updating you on the ownership ownership situation we have rob walton son of walmart owner sam walton is currently the leading favorite according to the new york post to purchase the denver broncos he's expected to submit a bid a little over you know north of four billion dollars he has a net worth of seven seventy billion dollars himself so it was kind of been reported a few weeks ago that you know the leading uh, candidate in this ownership race is going to be someone who you know it's going to be like an auction basically it's going to be whoever offers the most money whoever's going to be uh, be able to put up the most you know Rob Walton has already stepped away from Walmart he's he's gained his financial success from there um, you know obviously if anybody's going to be able to offer a solid amount of money to purchase this team it's going to be him so just updating you there on the Broncos ownership situation briefly. Um, it's also expected that um, if he does submit a bid, that any other uh, candidate for the Broncos ownership um, ownership position is going to be out of the race. So that's definitely something to look at there. You know, if you're upset about Rob Walton potentially becoming the owner, you might want to warm up to that possibility. So going off of that, we have our topic that we really want to jump into today. I'm really excited to talk about this. I mean, Ajiro Averro, that was someone, once I got like the news that he was going to be potentially hired by the Broncos after their Super Bowl run, I was excited just because like he's someone who's really big into like situational football defensively. And that's something I really look for forward to in this team, you know, playing to modern day standards. Yeah, you know, and that's another thing I love. I love about this hire too, and just um, I-, I love the infusion of youth to this coaching staff. And I think it's kind of it, it, like this coaching staff, even though and, and um, Averro is like he. I think he's very similar to Vic Fangio schematically, mm-hmm. but in terms of coaching style, I think they they like they couldn't be more opposite. Um, and we were talking about this earlier in terms of uh, Vic came in with the same game plan or with a game plan and did not deviate from that. And I, I do like I, I am interested to see how looking at uh, and just calling plays in general from a more situational standpoint um, in games is going to be in like what impact that will have on on our on field success. And um and and I I like the, my biggest thing about this hire that I love is that while with uh with Ajero being more more um with having the tendency to play more situationally, I love that he I, I love that the I love that the scheme is so similar so similar to Vicks and Deshaun touched on this in the Deshaun Williams interview. Um, most of the most of the things that they're going to have to learn is just verbiage and things things of that sort rather than having to relearn a whole new defensive scheme because a lot of the sets that 
we were running this year will be running or that we were running uh this previous year will be running this this upcoming year yeah they're not gonna have to change much i mean they're both three four defensive uh three four base defensive schemes they're gonna have uh four linebacker three uh three defensive linemen they're gonna ha- they're gonna be emphasizing more pressure by each and every you know defense you know defensive lineman um as opposed to a four three so Definitely pressure is going to be um, of essence on that defensive line. Um, Josie Jewell helps out that linebacker core. Um, like you said, they're, this, this defense, they're not going to have to change much. Deshaun Williams really talked about that. You know, uh, Ivero is someone who has, who has really good uh, chemistry with our head coach and Nathaniel Hackett. So it's just going to be a matter of, you know, getting to know every player's strengths and using them using them in their own ways to, you know, complete this, this defense as a whole and making them as strong of a unit as possible and give up, you know, as least less of points as you can possibly give up, you know? So um, then the second, the secondary too is something that we can also talk about, you know, going off of from the linebackers is the Rams uh, with Raheem Morris, the Rams defensive coordinator, they had sets um, going from the nickel and dime, in certain situations, you would, you know, you weren't specifically focusing on, you know, we're going nickel here, dime here, you know, with Vic Fangio, it was kind of like, all right, we're going to have a solid game plan, you know, throughout the whole week. And we're going to stick to that with the Vero, You're going to see more of like adjusting the situations, you know, in terms of your secondary, you know, switching up your, you know, your edge rush rotations and going off of that, we will see, you know, different switches between nickel and dime um, to fit those de- uh, defensive situations, particularly on third down. And that's something that I feel like will benefit this defense a lot is, you know, trying to, you know, lessen those third down um, conversions by the opposing offense. And to elaborate on that, on that, in case, you know, there's some some fans that may be, you know, confused on what the nickel and dime defensive sets will look like. The define the dime defensive sets will include six defensive backs, while the nickel will have five defensive backs, which is something we may see a little bit more of. Um, it'll be three corners in the dime. It'll be three corners and two safeties, or it could be two corners and three safeties. They could like change. That's kind of what I'm talking about. You know, they could change between those three corners and two safeties or the two corners and three safeties. But actually going off of that, it seems that they may be leaning more towards another one, you know, permanently for that defense. Um, ben, Benjamin Albright said on his Twitter that they may, they, they may be looking more towards a three safety, two cornerback set. So he also kind of talked about how Kareem Jackson will be a nickel defensive back, which is really interesting because he was playing high safety with Justin Simmons there last season. What's your kind of, what's your thoughts on that? You know, potentially seeing Caden Stearns moving to high safety, a fifth round pick second year, seeing him taking Kareem's old spot and seeing Kareem potentially drop back to a, you know, the nickel defensive line, uh, nickel defensive back or Sam linebacker to bring more pressure uh, with those defensive linemen. You know, I, and I, I love that idea. I love the idea of running three safety sets and I, cause, and I, I, I think Caden Stearns, I'm, 
I'm a Caden Stearns enthusiast. I, I love the kid and I, I think he, I think he can fill that role, uh, that role really well. Yeah. I think him and I think him and Justin are, uh, I think they do a lot of the same things. Well, I think they're, uh, similar in terms of play style and what they can do physically. And I, and I do think Kate Jack sliding down into that, into that nickel spot is going to be, and again, that just goes back to giving us so much more versatility and flexibility with this defense. This allows us to, this allows us to run so many different packages and allows us to get pressure, allows us to be stronger in the secondary. So yeah, I, I, I absolutely love the move and, and, I, being down in that nickel spot, I mean, I think that's where K-Jack is at his best. Yeah, a lot of fans don't know that he used to play corner in Houston, and you know he didn't switch to he didn't switch to strong safety until he came to Denver. And so he's, like you said, he allows us to do a lot of things different defensively. He's really flexible. He's really dynamic, um, versatile. So that's definitely an intriguing possibility on that defense. I mean, we don't know specifically what Ivero is going to do. We're just kind of going off of, you know, his game plans with Raheem Morris in L.A. But it seems to be trending this way, especially going off of Benjamin Albright's tweet that we could see him in the nickel, you know, blitzing the quarterback more. You know, that's where he, like you said, he thrives a lot, delivering those huge hits, filling run gaps. This could be huge for this team. And it also – gives you the chance to see what Caden Stearns can give you. And on top of that, it gives Jamar Johnson a chance to, you know, kind of go in and, and show why, why he belongs on this team. He kind of, I think, I don't think he had that many defensive snaps at all last year. He probably didn't get much of an opportunity as he should have. I know um, some fans beginning of the season actually thought he was, he was better than Caden Stearns. So it's going to open up, you know, more snaps for different younger players and that sets you up ultimately, you know, for success in the future, just because, you know, Caden Stearns is, uh, I'm sorry, Cream Jackson's a really good player, but in in the long run, we don't know how long Cream Jackson will be here. So we do need to, you know, begin to work on developing these young players, you know, begin to get them, get them ready for this defense in the future. And, you know, in terms of the business of the NFL, that's just how it works. You can't keep bringing back, you know, these veterans. You got to get focused on getting younger. So this move, it, it makes a lot of sense when you truly break it down and think about it. Um, Ivero's defense looks like it's got a lot of potential. He's really young. I mean, that's another thing that's really exciting about him and what he's going to bring to this defense. You know, and another thing I wanted to touch on with Ivero is um, – in in his opening press conference, he seemed he seemed very eager uh, and very he, he he seemed to love the idea of the blitz, and that's something that I'm like really interested to see yeah. with this new defense is his willingness to blitz because it was it was actually pretty rare with with Vic. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean it, we did see a lot of zone coverage. We're gonna kind of talk about this in a little bit, but um, more often than not. You know, there is different looks that you can get with zone coverage and uh, man coverage, but with zone coverage, we will see like kind of one defensive back just focus on, you know, blitzing the quarterback. So to me, that's what I got from, you know, us bringing in Kareem Jackson is that we're going to be, you know, focused on using someone to his strength to kind of fill that role of bringing more pressure to the quarterback, which is what we need. This team needs a lot more pressure than they had last year. That's for sure. And after we lost Vaughn Miller and, Bradley Chubb banging up with injury. And I mean, we did bring in Randy Gregory and Draymond Jones has been really good for us, but we have to get more pressure. And as, as successful as this defense 
has been despite the injuries. That's something that has it's been a glaring need in the last few years. And so for us to bring him back and, you know, like you're talking about him bringing more pressure um, on this team and Avero emphasizing that I I'm, I'm excited about that. I I'm a huge guy when it, when it comes to, you know, having the mindset that you need more pressure up front, but also holding the back end. Um, so going off of that, we will say that the Broncos will be using a lot of zone coverage, um, they did They did use a lot of zone coverage with Vic Fangio, but they'll be using even more, um, assuming that Averro sticks to the same game plan he had with Raheem Morris. So um, in, terms of, in terms of statistics, the Rams only ran 14% of man coverage um, with their defensive snaps in 2021. That was ranked dead last in the NFL, 32nd. And they used 68% zone coverage, which was ranked second in the NFL. I mean, just just going off of that, how do you feel like? How do you feel with bringing Kareem Jackson back and keeping Kenny Stern, moving Kenny Stearns possibly to that high safety look? How do you feel increasing the amount of zone coverage um, will will ultimately benefit this defense? You know, I think it, and I think it'll benefit it greatly. Just going back to, I think, I think Katie. You know, I think Stearns and Sims are there. I mean, they're both great in coverage and K-Jack isn't, I mean, he's not bad in coverage either. He's, he's good at, he's good at either spot, but you know, I think this is pretty great being able to put K-Jack more in like his natural role and what he, and what he does best um, in terms of just playing his own coverage, the vast majority of the time, you know, I mean, I, I, I think it's going to work out pretty well. And, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't think it's going to, look much different from the Vic defense, but at the same time, you know, I, I think just given that defensive blueprint of what we saw with Vic for so many years, I mean, our, our, our past defense was um, even when, even when through injuries and everything else, I mean, our past defense usually ranked in the top half of the league, if not top 10, um, you know, and especially after the bolstered secondary um, up and coming young players, um, our corner safeties and, you know, and, and another thing I, I think that the coverage aspect of things, I think that also depends on our pass rush, you know, it depends on how much pressure exactly. we're getting on the quarterback. And I think last year, you know, I think a lot of our sacks came, I, I think a lot of them were coverage sacks rather. Yeah. I, I think a lot of our sacks came from um, QBs not being able to get rid of the ball rather than our pass rush getting there overly fast. I think, uh, and I, I do. I I think this will be a positive move for the defense. I think I think we'll definitely see an, an improvement in a lot of areas as far as the secondary goes. I, my my main concern with this defense right now is more defending the run, and that, I think that was a weakness of ours last year. Um, or may, maybe not a weakness, but probably I, I'd say the most glaring issue with our defense. And I'm interested to see how we counteract that, but I do think the the transition to playing the vast majority of zone, I think that's going to greatly benefit our defense. Yeah, I think the addition of DA Jones really will help that run defense a ton. And I actually wanted to talk about like my main concern with this, uh, you know, incre- increasing the amount of zone coverage for this defense. Um, I definitely would like to see us, uh, you know, add more corners, add more de- defensive backs in general. I think that's I think that's definitely kind of where we might be headed in the draft is 
also getting, you know, those edge rushers, more pressure, but also defensive backs. I mean, in this league, um, defensive backs are premium. You can't have enough. And so with, uh, with us increasing our zone coverage, our percentages, I think definitely that will be something that George Payton is looking into more. He's talked about that in previous years. He talked about that in last, in the last draft when we selected Patrick Satan. So I think that's, that's definitely going to be something uh, that is going to be in the back of his mind looking uh, with adding, you know, Giro Vero uh, with his defense. And so um, I actually also kind of want to talk about, you know, uh, it's interesting because you were talking about, you know, those quarterbacks getting more just our, de- our, our defensive line getting more coverage sacks is I kind of feel like with the inc- increasing zone coverage, you'll see more of like, the the less mobile quarterbacks uh, having more hard of a time like we have seen in previous seasons. I mean, we saw that a little bit with Ben Roethlisberger when he faced us, but um, I, I honestly, I'm curious. I'm just like genuinely curious to see how we're going to handle the more mobile quarterbacks like Lamar, Kyler, you know, all them. I mean, we got a mobile quarterback of our own, but that's going to be interesting to see like, and we already talked about this, like this defense is going to, this defense is going to play to their strengths and they're going to play situationally. Um, I'm just really curious to see how they will modernize themselves and how the game plan will look for certain mobile quarterbacks, just because like in a zone defense in zone coverage, you're mainly focused on locking up any receiver targets, you know, covering any gaps that the quarterbacks can, can potentially anticipate. Um, I'm curious to see if they'll just bring more pressure or they'll just bring more, you know, um, or if they'll just increase their man coverage um, for those quarterbacks. Um, I don't know. That's just something interesting to me. I just wanted to talk about because that's definitely some, that's definitely one style of a quarterback that not many defensive coordinators have been able to figure out in today's NFL. Yeah. You know, and, and I definitely think like the having a mobile quarterback definitely makes things, uh, significantly harder for a defense yeah and you know and i think that's where k jack is going to shine in his role um being at that nickel spot i think he's going to be a great piece in that as like as to especially stopping plays over on the edge um and just just mobile quarterbacks and that's the thing when it comes to mobile quarterbacks you want to keep them i mean you want to keep them right in front of you you don't be looking behind them so um that, and that's where the linebacker core, I think Josie Jewell um, and, and even K-Jack in his role is really going to have to step up. And, and I do think that is a very valid point that you made. Just uh, And I, I, I do think the a, a pretty decent blueprint to some of these mobile quarterbacks, as you've seen with Lamar and uh, the likes, of, like uh, just any QB similar to him, um, bring pressure. Just keep bringing pressure. Um yeah. And that's, and you know, there's a lot of factors that go into into getting to the quarterback, and especially when you have one as mobile as Lamar, and now even Deshaun Watson in the AFC, um, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. I, I I do think all those guys are gonna. I mean, and they always present they present a new challenge to every defense they face. But I think that the defense, especially with the the schematical similarities that we're going to see from last year to this year and the packages that we are now going to be able to run with our safety, with our safety position, I think will be pretty well suited to stop those, those mobile quarterbacks or at least limit them. 
Yeah, those uh, those elite quarterbacks, you can only, like you said, you can only try to contain them. They're going to find ways. They're always going to find ways to exploit your defense, whether it's finding a, a weak necessity on that defense or just exploiting, you know, run gaps, especially like the mobile quarterbacks we we're talking about. But I, I loved, I loved how you like tied it all back to Kareem Jackson. Cause it makes you think like, what if he could, what if he'll be used as like a spy gadget on that defense, just to like keep his eyes, you know, on those mobile quarterbacks and contain him that way. I think that's something definitely keep your eye on there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, and that's, that, that is my biggest takeaway from the, the KJAC signing is just how versatile this allows us to be. This allows us to run so many different packages and defend against so many different, uh, so many different, and I mean, popular offensive, like offensive schemes. I mean, the Ravens built around Lamar's running in his legs. I, I think with, with our safeties, just with this signing is so significant. Um, just with, just with how, how much, how, how many different things this allows us to defend now. Yeah, I think with that signing, so so many fans were so ready to rid him off quick just because we weren't like so ecstatic to resign him super quickly, uh, resign him super quickly like we did with, uh, for example, Josie Jewell. But it, like all in all, he might actually be more of an important necessity to this defense this season just because like he'll be more effective in terms of like we just talked about, you know, trying to blitz the quarterback. He just he'll be way more effective. Um in terms of just containing the quarterbacks, you know, or even the run game, like he's super, he's super effective in the run game. So that wraps up everything for today's episode. It was super fun breaking down this defense with you. I'm, I don't know about you, but I'm like super excited to see what Avero is going to do. He's super young. Um, this whole coaching staff is extremely young. There's a lot of, there's a lot to be excited about, especially this defense, as we learned about in today's episode, um, nothing will be changing too much from Vic Fangio's defense to um, Ivero's defense, but we definitely will see a lot more flexibility. That's definitely the takeaway I can uh, tell you from this episode. There's going to be a lot more flexibility and there's going to be a lot more uh, emphasis on situational football. Yeah, man. I, you know, I'm, I'm really excited to see what he can do with this defense. I think it'll, you know, just the transition, um, from, you know, staying in a three, four base defense and just running the same more concepts, but now having more flexibility and more focus on situational football, um, you know, and if, if being honest here, I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see just a bit of a regression um, at first. And then, you know, uh, there, will be bumps along the road and it, it should improve as the season goes on. But, yeah, all in all, I'm really excited. I think there's a lot of exciting things that you can take away from the signing and just from the Avero hire and the Avero hire in general. You know, I, I, I think in the in the long run, I think this will end up being a really positive move for the defense. Absolutely. With a whole new leader of men, you're going to see, you know, obstacles and adversity. There's going to be moments where maybe you thought they would have been more successful at first than others, but that's expected with a new leader on that defense. So, and especially young coaching staff, you know. Yeah, exactly. It's going to be a whole new learning curve. Um, it does help that they're going to be staying with that same 3-4 base defensive scheme. But as always, thank you to everybody who stayed till the end and listened to the podcast. I appreciate you so much. Your support means a lot. If you would not mind, please leave your uh, rating and leave your thoughts. Um, 
DM me and give me DM me on Instagram and follow at Broncos Avenue. Give me some thoughts on what you want to hear in future episodes. Let me know what you thought about this episode, um, past episodes. Be sure to check out all three episodes we have so far, including this one is the fourth. Be sure to check it out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Anchor. As always, thank you for listening, and go Broncos.